Welcome to the Next Issue Podcast. We're a group of friends that love talking comics and all that it entails. Uh, we're based out of Dallas, so you'll hear us talk about how these comics make up a part of our daily lives, including our local comic shop, conventions, and other forms of entertainment. Welcome. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Next Issue Podcast. Today we have a, it's a very special episode because we have two guests that actually create comics as opposed to just the four of us or three of us that are here right now that just, <laughs> they go out and buy comics and uh, destroy the comic industry, like buying all these variants <laughs> and whatever. No, no, no. Only one of us buys the variants here. Do not put us in this hole. Uh, <laughs> I have or- a small problem while Daniel needs to go to some sort of rehab. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, today we have, uh, Daniel Flores and Joey Gonzalez. Uh, can you guys introduce yourselves? Tell us a little bit about, uh, who you are and, and we'll go from there. Sure. Joey, you want to go first? Yeah, man. Um, Joey Gonzalez, uh, born and raised here in Waco, Texas. Um, I recently started writing comic books about three years ago. I have a self-published comic uh, book. It's a manga style sports manga called, uh, to the line. Um, it's centered around inline speed skating, which before my career in writing comics, I was an inline speed skater and I traveled the world and the country representing uh, the United States, uh, racing around on rollerblades. So um, I put that book out on Kickstarter about two years ago. It got funded and it's now on six different continents. So um, and here we are now with uh, Danny and Armando with Plus Waco Comics. Yep. Very cool. Very cool. I need to check that out. I didn't know that. So I'm, I'm glad you threw that out there because... I'm a big manga fan. Yeah, um, so a, man- a manga-like comic, uh, yeah, sounds pretty rad. Especially because whenever you create a manga about a specific sport, it goes very into detail of it, which is like you you never would think that you would want to know that much about that specific thing. Yeah. Uh, but then you get into it, and you know, so great. Uh, Daniel, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, uh, Daniel Flores. I, I it doesn't matter what I'm called, Daniel, Danny. Dan, I don't know about Dan, but Daniel, Danny, either one. Uh, born and raised in Waco, Texas, as well. Uh, drawing since I was three, and really just you know fell in love with comics at an early age. The the art, the storytelling of it all, and uh, got into it for a while, and then put it to the side for a long time. And about three or four years ago, decided to try to my hand and get back into it. Uh, this is actually going to be my third book that I've produced in my career thus far. The first book wasn't the first book was an indie book uh, that had that I did two short stories in. Uh, the second book was a 32 page um, uh, military drama action thriller type thing. Uh, and that one was a Kickstarter funded thing and it, it got successfully funded. Uh, you can actually buy copies of that one now, Acceptable Losses with uh, writer Joe Glass from the UK. Um, uh, I did that and then 
um, hooked up with Joey and Armando and we decided to form our own little publishing line here in Waco so that we could tell the stories that we wanted to see on the shelves. Uh, Plus Universe Alpha being the very first book of this entire uh, endeavor going forward, which is going to launch multiple books from just this one one spot. Uh, so be- before we get into the actual Kickstarter, can you guys tell me a little bit more about how you guys met and like how that how that how did how did that connection come to be? Um, this is my first time talking to either Joey or Danny, but I met Armando a few years ago at a con here in Dallas, and I've gotten a few commissions from him. And, and when he, when I saw this, I was like, "Dude, we got to talk about it." Um, yeah. But yeah, so how sure. did that come about? Well, actually, Danny and Armando met. Uh, they linked up first, so Danny can tell you more about that. <laughs> I thought I thought you were going to carry the conversation. Danny and Armando have been illustrating for a while, and I actually learned that they met each other at a con. Um, you know, just by uh, looking at each other's tables and. I can only imagine what that little attitude was like because they're pretty competitive. So I can only imagine what the first meeting was like, right? Um, and then uh, they formed a, uh, a little um, – uh, it's called Fan Addict Waco. And what it was, it was to it was a spot for um, the non-fine art of Waco to have a spotlight, like the comic artists. Uh, the, uh, the manga artists, the anime, the, the video games. The video games, all that. And they hosted drink and draws um, at various places. And so – uh, this is where I met them. I got a job at the comic book store uh, here in town called Bankston's, and they had a sister store called uh, King's Landing. It was a restaurant, like a bar, and uh, Danny Armando hosted a drink and draw there. And so as I was working, I was walking by, and I saw that they had uh, they were just hammering out these incredible pieces. All right, and uh, the thing that just got me was uh, I think I saw them erase one, like from the <laughs> whole page. Like it was completely finished. It was beautiful. I think it was like a Hawkman uh, fighting uh, Brainiac or something. I don't know what it was. It was amazing. And then they just erased the whole thing. Like, nah. It doesn't work. <laughs> so uh, I think from Good there, I was when I engaged in it. Uh, but before then, I was I was writing comics before I met them. And so when I saw Danny and Armando uh, illustrating the way that they were, uh, I knew I had to pitch them something. I knew I had to talk to them. I was really green in my stages of writing at that time. So I didn't understand the. Um, the right way to do things. So I, I just came at him like a deer in the headlights, man. <laughs> but, but I mean, he was a very prepared deer in headlights. Like it was almost a deer laying a trap. Like, oh no, I'm about to get hit. And the, the driver puts the brakes and gets out of the car, check on the deer. And the deer's like, ha, I got you, bitch. You know. <laughs> what, what was the pitch? So uh, the, it was originally um, Bronze Man. There was a uh, a publisher that put out a uh, call for public. public domain superheroes, and so I um, I just I you know looked up public domain superheroes um, and I found one that struck me and his name was Bronze Man. He was created in 1923 or 24 by a gentleman named A.C. Hollingsworth. He only has two publication appearances ever. Oh. But so whenever he fell into well, the public domain, his backstory was a little uh, was free. So. Um, what I eventually pitched him was uh, like a proto superhero, uh, bringing this old character into the new age. It's nothing what it is right now, but it uh, it's been through a lot of formations. Um, but the original pitch was it was for Bronze Man. It was for a little simple three page pitch, and I went to Danny 
And then uh, Armando had a lot going on, but Danny was the one that was real adamant about getting this book sent in. Is a uh, bronze band any way related to Doc Savage? No, but what's really cool is that the uh, the Doc Savage, uh, so Bronze Man predates Doc Savage. Bronze Man's, uh, his original publication appearance was a, like a, like a mask. It was like a helmet, right? Uh, but Doc Savage form was like, it was his actual skin. Yeah, it's his whole body. Um, and our Bronze Man and the, the newer one, the updated one in Plus Universe Alpha, which you're going to see. I'll go ahead and tell you a little bit about the powers. It's really cool. Uh, they're uh, Dios, which is like our Odin, our, our uh you know, our Zeus, our, our God of gods, yeah. um, they come into a conflict where he has to uh, split his godly essence into three different recipients, right? And so we have the gold force, the silver force, and the bronze force. They were all okay. born. And so it's uh, what the powers are. It's the godly essence fused with the mortal soul. So in this universe, as gods are worshipped, they give, uh, they receive power from that worship, from that soul, Right. And so what they essentially did by uh, fusing these three mortals with this godly essence, they made a power battery that's powered by itself, right? So his power is unique in itself that his strength, his resolve, everything is based on his belief in himself, which uh, all of these characters you're going to see have some kind of emotional tie uh, or some kind of uh, uh, anchor uh, that's going to bring you into that character some way, shape or form. Okay, cool yeah yeah that sounds pretty i'm 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 excited (laughs) about it too now (laughs) i I haven't heard any of this (laughs) well that's pretty cool that we uh this uh it was a public domain hero um and we we just went crazy with it and the rest of the heroes are all unique to us they've never been seen before um and it's it's pretty amazing bronze man is our the way to compare him is our uh oh, he's silver our age he's our silver age flash in that he is the ground the zero point for everything else to come out of you know Kyle will take that. that yeah yeah with the silver age flash you had the green lantern and the new justice league come out uh well, they revamped batman and superman and wonder woman to i was looking at your guys out. Yeah. Kickstarter, and it looks like there was like one character. Maybe I'm wrong, but it looked more like Native American. Had it sort of like his face painted, and he like just like he's like running really fast and jumps. And all I can remember is, I don't know how, how old you guys are, but there was um in 19 mid 80s there was a filmation cartoon called Brave Star, where Brave it was a, Star. With a, a Brave sheriff Star. who had the power, you know, power of the bear, speed of the puma, you know. And that's, that, that's remind me a lot about that. <laughs> I remember Brave Star and uh, I I remember remember those powers. No, yeah, like, no, it, no. It's such like Vixen, Joey. Yeah. Uh, he's gone. He's gone. He's already writing a No, Brave Star. I remember, I remember that, and I used to like yeah. it, but then me and my friends would always make fun of, of Brave Star. Like, oh, speed of a snail. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Eyes of a bat. Oh, no. <laughs> up again. Damn it. I'm, I'm not going to stop Joey from writing because if the first appearance of a superhero is this episode, it becomes yeah. a collector's issue, right? <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so the character you're speaking of is uh, Thunder Stallion, who is our Native American sort of eco eco warrior, so to speak. And she's a very gifted engineer. And she creates a pair of leg calipers that actually allow her to accelerate while also generating energy so that they can be stored and allow her to 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 jump high, jump higher with a little, you know, like lightning strikes, whatever. And 
and create uh, seismic shifts, which is weird for for an eco warrior over here stomping on the ground and tearing it apart. <laughs> Come on, hey man, you couldn't have picked anything else. The, the earth heals no. itself. Yeah, the yeah. earth heals with those tectonic yeah. shifts. She's yeah. a force of nature. So that that's who you're that's who you're uh, referring to, and she's like she's fun to draw. She's fun to draw, uh, and I, I'm. All these characters, uh, Joey had ideas for them, and I put them down on paper, designed them, and I did like research into each one because I wanted to make sure that they, you know, I'm not just like slapping a paint job on something. I wanted to, to I wanted them to speak to their culture, to their heritage. Uh, that's why you see like the paint on the face. It's it's war paint that I looked up uh from a tribe and she's of that tribe i can't remember what it is right now off the top of my head <laughs> but i know the area that she lives in that tribe existed in at that time and that was the war paint that they used so what what comics when you guys meet and you start talking about ideas what comics did you guys bond over that you go okay i want something like that or i like this style and uh, what, what what did y'all meld on? Well, what's really cool is that I think that a lot of our melding wasn't really centered on comics. It was really centered on all of our uh, all of our passions for uh, it's like all of our favorite like TV shows, all of our favorite movies, all of our classic uh, anime, manga, Saturday morning cartoons, even <laughs> um, the bronze, silver, and gold force. That's an idea I got from Power Rangers. I just decided to adapt in my own way, right? Um, well, the way you describe bronze, silver, and gold, it's like it's almost. I mean, I I don't know if you did it this way, but kind back to the different periods of comic books: Golden Age, Silver Age, Bronze Age. You know, it's like I, I did it, but that's cool though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, no, I might have. I don't know, but no, I don't want to. Really cool way to probably did it subconsciously. So, yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I we we did a lot of uh, thought and depth for these characters, and a lot of these characters you're going to see. Um, a lot of influences from, uh, you know, other favorite media like Black Toro. He's our uh, Mexican luchador, uh, loudmouth vigilante character. He's oh. all of my favorite things about Zorro, Spider-Man, and Batman all rolled into one thing. And oh, cool, right? And it's just, um, and also you're going to see a lot of influences that Danny had into it and Armando had into it because we uh, we get to what we did with these characters. We made a sandbox, and we get to create whatever we want out of our favorite influences and our favorite things this book is for us first and foremost right we uh this is a book that we want to see on the shelves and so this is going to have a lot of influences from a lot of different mediums not just comic books uh yeah. one other question i had uh was because now you're you're creating your own universe you are your own publisher you don't have to really go by the rules of comics. You don't have to put out singles. You put out trades. You just put out digital. What is the plan? Do you just want to uh, stick to this format of trades through Kickstarter, or do you want to um, go back to singles in stores? Or are y'all uh, just going to be a digital company? Well, we're offering a digital component on this Kickstarter. So, like... If you don't want a physical book, you can just buy the digital version. Uh, I like, I myself enjoy the physical copy, like just holding it in my hand, turning the page, feeling that ink on paper and everything going through that. 
Um, I believe I I would love to be in books in in stores, but I know that being an independent publisher, a lot of times it's really who you know and in getting into the store, uh, especially being as small as we are, because we're just starting out. There's only really three of us here, one of us in Mexico, and you know just trying to trying to get to gather the funds to make sure we have everything uh copyrighted and trademarked and the proper isbn numbers and everything so that we can be found in like diamond diamond comics or something yeah um i would uh, if we continue to grow i could see that possibly happening but i'm fine with continuing to run kickstarters especially if uh the audience really takes to our product um the way I see our our next Kickstarters going, I we have volumes. We have at least four volumes of books. We're planning six volumes, but we have at least four right now, and two of them are completely written, uh, and they're six issues each. I would love to run a Kickstarter campaign where you get the entire six issue run in one shot as singles you know as like you get issue one two three four five and six or you can opt for the trade paperback if you want yeah. i would love to do a kickstarter campaign like that which um which... maybe maybe offer uh like one set with each individual cover and then one set with uh interlocking six covers so that it forms one bigger image and then the trade paperback so that way people have different tiers to support i can see the smile on daniel's face <laughs> I'm sold. I want, <laughs> I want those interconnecting cover. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, we've seen with uh, uh, with TKO Comics, they they have a very similar model where they give you all the six issues, but they know they know people want singles. Like, there's there's a right. big there's yeah. a big population of the comic book uh, readers that they like singles uh, for different reasons, and one of those being those specific you know separate covers, whether they're interlocked or not. Like having a separate cover, I think it all it always tells you so much about the book. Uh, right. It's kind of like a little mini story within itself. Uh, but then also, I understand that nobody has enough. Not everyone has, has room to have a thousand floppies laying around. So the the hard the collected edition, uh, or even in the digital, just has so much more reach. Yeah, and that's that's the next that's the next thing I want to do if we are able to do like a collected edition of something. I was telling Joey yesterday, like once we get all our books out, we need to do a, like an oversized hardcover omnibus of our universe. Yes. Of the first volume and everything. That would be cool. So, but I could even see, I could even see like a small oversized hardcover of just like one of the trades. So, How is the first book going to be? Like, I, I didn't really sure if I missed it or not, but like, are you guys going to, is it going to be kind of like an, a conglomeration just kind of like, the first issue going to be kind of directly kind of going into each character or is each character going to have like a small story kind of within the book? No. So this story is one continuous story. So it's going to play out almost like an animated film, right? So it's going to tell, it's split into three different chapters. Uh, since we hit our second stretch goal, it's now going to be up to 80 pages. There's going to be uh, 60 to 60, right around 60 to 70 pages of story. Um, it's going to start off with, um, introducing bronze man um two so there's two different bronze men there's generational characters in this universe right uh, and so we uh through his eyes we are going to be told the history of the plus universe 
And so we're going to go learn from the birth of life uh, to the origins of the first civilizations, uh, to the integration of uh, gods and how their duty is supposed to be to observe and protect and to uh, really ensure the, the thrivingness of uh, humanity. Uh, not just humanity, but just uh, everybody in the garden, which is the observable universe as we know it. Um, and it's going to go into a godly conflict over what are we supposed to do with that. There's going to be uh, a god, uh, Dios, and a god, Nihilus. Uh, Dios, like I said, is our god of gods. Nihilus is our god of law and order. So we have a god that's supposed to uphold the rule, and then we have a god that's supposed to enforce that rule. And they're going to have a, a detrimental disagreement and we're going to see a, a very, very beautiful, uh, violent conflict play out. And at the end of it, we're going to see the birth of the first generation of superheroes and then on. And then at the end of it, uh, that's where we're going to find um, the the rest of our cast, right? So the next, uh, you asked about a plan after this. We have six different titles that we're going to come out. Um, all six of those characters are introduced in this book right here. And so from there, you're going to be able to uh, you know, learn just a little bit about them, just enough about them to make you ask a lot of questions for them. Um, oh. So it's one continuous story. It's a drama. It's, it's an incredible uh, story, almost like a Civil War uh, story. And it's, it's really cool because it blends the line of good and evil. The bad guy isn't the bad guy. The good guy isn't the good guy, right? There's the choices that they make, and we get to explore them as people in this extravagant world. And I think that's really, really cool. So you're so this is eventually your your event book to launch your entire universe. Yes, sir. Right. So okay. with the, the way Danny explains it a lot, and I like the way he does it, is that um, Marvel back in the day and DC back in the day they released characters one at a time, right? And a lot of people do that to this day. Like independent publishers will just release one character at a time and then connect them. What we're doing is connecting them and then letting them spread out like a big bang. It feels a lot like, I think, uh, and I haven't read the Milestone comics, but the Static Shock, like, it all happened in that Big Bang, and yeah. then all these characters came from that event, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that, I mean, that that's super cool. I think, I think starting the other way around, as opposed to, like, you know, building up to it, uh, it can, it can be very beneficial, because, some, like, people now, the audience knows enough about origin stories to not really need something to lead up to it. Like you can start in the middle of the story and then fill it out as you kind of also move forward. Right. Like what this book allows us to do is that whenever we do have those characters, those six different titles, they don't have to be the the plain Jane origin story. You can just jump in with Lady of Valion. She is a, a super spy knight. Uh, that's the 99th reincarnation of King Arthur that goes on black ops missions with a whole crew, right? <laughs> right? What this book allows us to do, we can spend like a page or two explaining that, and then the rest of it is just this badass story. So I, I, I love origin stories. I, I don't think that we have to see them every single time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what this does, it just lets us just make awesome books and. Um, this, uh, this originally started as a 24 page idea and then I went to Danny and then it became 48 pages and then it went back to Danny and then it got longer. Um, and then, uh, and then even the four, the, sorry, the six series afterwards, it was only supposed to be four of them. Danny decided to make it longer again. So we have a lot of content to tell. We have a lot of stories. We're going to be in this for the long run. Oh, good deal. So, so five years out, what's, what's the dream? 
five years out, we have yeah. all six of those volumes out. Yeah. And that's our that's our phase one, our round one. Um, so we'd have uh, Lawbringer, uh, Lady of Valion, Bronze Man, Black Toro, uh, Thunder Stallion and Cloud, and Zap. Um, and I'm sure by then we're going to have a plan. Uh, but within five years, our goal is to have all six of those books out, those volumes. So yeah. that's 36 issues in five years. I think we can do it. Oh, yeah. It, it sounds super rad. And I think I think there's an audience that's looking for something that's different, uh, but also feels very familiar. And, I mean, just and, that description alone was fun. I yeah. mean, yeah. and that was just a character. That wasn't even the plot. So it was like, it's it's that Donny Cate shit, do dope shit, and and it's fun. Yeah. yeah. It, it made me want uh, a collect the card, a trading card. With all that, with that backstory behind it, trading cards, Joey. Uh, we're gonna do trading cards now. That's a stretch goal. It could be a stretch goal. Be a stretch goal. Yeah. Handbook guy. Yeah. Yeah. What uh, would be the coolest thing to come out of this? Is is uh, an action figure of something you've created, or uh, or an option for a film, or well, <laughs> those are those are tied. Those are tied. For me, I think figure. the coolest thing would be the action figures. Yeah, action figures. And, and I've already made it uh, clear to Joey, like, look, if we get action figures, I don't want I don't want the six-inch collector, like the Marvel Studio action figure or the DC Universe. Mm. I want the little, like, four-inch where you can play with it, you take it outside, and you see <laughs> kids playing with it. That's what I want. Yeah. Where you can afford to buy two, one to keep in the box, and one to actually play with it, right? <laughs> whatever you, whatever you want to do. I just, I just know I grew up with the little ones. Yeah, and they're Star so Wars, much fun. They're, yeah, GI Joe. Yeah, you can do yeah. so much more with those than than you can with the the six inch ones. Mm-hmm. Six inch ones, you leave it on the shelf. Like I'm not gonna carry twenty six inch figures <laughs> outside. Now, now, when you're drawing and stuff, do you ever get one where you go? Oh, now I would love to have an action figure of this. Oh yeah, all which time. one? Which which is what's your top? Uh, the action figure. The the action figure for me is Bronze Man Two. Uh, that would be like that's my number one. I I work with a guy who does custom action figures, and I pester him like, "Hey man, wouldn't it be cool if you did this for me?" <laughs> <laughs> You just keep leaving sketches of Bronze Man 2 around. Yeah, so he can I got, I, you know, here's, here's the profile view just in case you need it. Here's one from the back. Here's a three-quarter. <laughs> how, how did you, this get you here? Do with it. Yeah. Do with this well, what you will. I'm just going to leave it here. Well, I, the big question, we started to get into this before the show, uh, was how do you sell a book that normally you'd go to cons to kind of pass around and you have something physical to COVID where you – don't have that ability to interact as well and you kind of have to use social media what was y'all how did y'all adapt to that i think that's exactly how we adapted we adapted using social media uh because you can't go out in uh, public i mean you can but then you know you might die or you might infect somebody and then they die and that was conventions, a potential customer. Conventions yeah. are pretty dirty so yeah yeah I, i'm probably not going to go to one for a while even after right it's the yes. perfect time to cosplay as Bubble Boy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, 
uh, I think, you know, just moving everything to an online space where everyone else has been forced to exist for the last seven, eight months made it a little easier for us to sell the book because, you know, before cons, with cons being open, you could put your book on an, in an online space and people could just easily ignore it because they can go out into the world and say, oh, well, you know, I'm going to get this one instead because it's right here. Yeah. Uh, but now that we're all in this, you know, in our homes and, and online together, they're like, well, I can't go out and get a book, but this looks interesting. I'm going to go ahead and back it. You know? Yeah. Uh, the other thing, you know, it's it's with Kickstarter. So you really want to thank the people that back it by offering extra incentives for them to, you know, uh, really purchase the book. Like, so we've offered uh, sketch covers, one by me, one by Armando, or commissions, one by me, one by Armando. We've uh, thrown in like a raw variant book where it's uh, all black and white. So there's no colors, just all the pencil and inks and lettering. So you get that book or uh, you get one autographed by the team. Um, you know, we now we've we've added bonus pages as a thank you. And part of the bonus pages that we're adding is a, a feature story by Armando to back up. And it's introducing one of the characters uh, completely in the book. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking. I'm looking at the at, at the tiers and the all the other rewards and stuff, and it just it really seems like you as a, a me as a reader as a contributor, like you are getting a lot for for you know for for what you're backing, uh, because it's a completely it's the the ground level of this new universe, uh, but then on top of that, you guys are throwing up you know throwing all these things on top of it. Uh, has in did anybody get the get drawn in the comic? Thing? Yeah, like, we're like yeah, the, somebody we're got that. Really? Was, Danny threw that out on a whim. He was like, "Yeah, maybe I'll draw somebody." No, one, no one's gonna get that. No one's gonna get that. <laughs> Three hours. Hey, Danny, look, look what happened. Yeah, that was one of the first things to go. I was like, "Oh man, that's man, amazing." Gotta, that's yeah. pretty. Draw cool. the guy in the book. Because I always, whenever Kickstarters have that option, I always like in my in my mind, I think about it. Like, I would like to be in a comic. Uh, but you know, sometimes it's like it's a it's a little out of reach. But I mean, I'm glad somebody went ahead and, and got it. Um, oh yeah, if, yeah. I scroll, if I had scrolled down lower, I would have seen that it's sold out. Yeah. Um, but I love it. I love that you guys are doing original pages because we know, you know, being being this starting point, we know how much those pages kind of mean to you guys as the creators. So like, oh, yeah. the fact that you could be a, you know, get a get a part of it, like it's it's really cool as well. Yeah, definitely a part of his soul. Would would y'all sell um, someone being on a cover of one of your books on a Kickstarter? I don't think so. What do you mean? What do you mean? Like a variant how, cover of like a limited run? What would you put a price on that? So somebody providing artwork, their own artwork of our characters or something? No, you drawing them into the cover. Instead oh, of into oh, the book, a certain tier, oh, they're they're, they're they're maybe they're they're the person Black Toro's saving, or or they're the villain. That, like, uh, uh -huh. the, yeah, no, Black Toro, swing, he's swinging with you like Amazing Fantasy fifteen. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you could just be the person being saved. So, would you would y'all ever sell that as an option? I don't know. I don't think we ever thought about that before. 
I never, I hadn't thought about it. I bet you if you put Daniel on the cover and sold it as a variant, whatever price you put on it, he'd buy it. <laughs> I know we're, he would. We're, Joey, we're about to make $5,000. <laughs> me go Off start one my, person. Let me go start my I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tailor the tier to be like Daniel Martinez on the cover. <laughs> well, I mean, if some of my adoring fans don't get to it before me, then yeah. <laughs> That's an interesting question. I I would really have to think about how like the layout because that's the other aspect of it. I want to be able to do that person justice and not like throw them in the background where it's barely they're barely visible or something. Yeah. I want to make sure that they're not featured prominently throughout the book, but you know enough so that when they're flipping through the book, they're like, "Oh, there I am. I see me." You know. No, you can yeah. kill me. You can kill me in the first page. I don't mind. <laughs> Because uh, what was it? The Magic Order by Olivier Coppel and Mark Miller. They yeah. did that. Like the guy shows up in issue six, I think, and he's on like three different pages. Yeah. So yeah. It, you know that's really neat. And I think Brian Stelfreeze, uh, his uh, more recent one, the spy book that he's done, they sold an appearance in the book. Theirs was insane, though. I think it was wow. a couple thousand dollars to be painted by Brian Stelfreeze. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That sounds like a discount. Right, exactly. <laughs> um well since you brought up some creators, who who are some of you guys' influences that uh either they really capture your, your attention when as a comics fan or just as you're working, uh like some of the work that kinda inspired you or inspires you currently. Joey. Yeah, uh for me uh, as a writer, I'd have to say uh Charles Soul. He uh he did the Darth Vader run mm -hmm. recently. Yeah. it was beautiful. It was an outstanding story. I loved it so much. What's crazy is that whenever I was a kid, I, my forte in the comics is manga. I'm always used to having like one creator run a whole entire story. Yeah. When I was a kid, and I used to see title like Batman, Superman, all that. I didn't realize it was multiple people coming on at one time. So I when I started writing in the comics. I did a little bit more digging. I found out Charles Soule actually wrote a lot more of my favorites. Like he did the Red Lanterns back in the day. Yes. More Green Lanterns. Uh, I, that whole, uh, the brightest day, blackest night event. Um, that was my favorite Green Lantern. That was my whole, like space opera. That was my thing, man. Mm -hmm. I loved all of it. Um, but uh, yeah, Charles Soule, uh, Robert Kirkman. Uh, I'm a huge yeah. The Walking Dead fan and Invincible fan. I'm following uh, Firepower right now. Yeah, um, it's pretty rad. Yeah, I love it. Uh, this I love how just crazy and uh, how unique it is. It's uh, I, I love the way he blends a lot of uh, uh, a lot of genres together. Like Invincible, like he just flipped the whole superhero genre on its head. I love. I can't wait for the animated series. Right. Yeah. It, it sounds like your goal is to write like ten to fifteen books at once because that's what these guys do. Yeah, that, <laughs> like uh, Colin Bunn, man. Colin Bunn will probably have to pop out my top three. The, his output is crazy. I yeah. want to be able to write that much. One There's, day. They're so prolific on top of their like other jobs. Like Charles Soule being, he's a lawyer, and Robert Kirkman's kind of running Image Comics and doing all the TV stuff. And on top of that, they're putting out like you know four or five series at a time. 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's mind blowing how much output these guys have. And yeah, but don't Bo- give don't give Kirkman too much. He's just throwing out some reprints of Walking Dead right now. Yeah, That's he's true. got that whole <laughs> TV universe to run. And, and Colin Bunt's like the per- the best pinch hitter in the game. Like whenever whenever like somebody, especially the big two, whenever they need somebody to kind of fill in the gap, maybe between creators or, or whatever direction they want to take the book, Colin Bunt just like seamlessly walks into the story. Yeah, you know, and then delivers like his Moon Knight stuff. Uh, and then more recently, he did Venom and and like all, all the X Men stuff that he put yeah, out recently. The X Men, his his Magneto run. Was oh my so god! Cool. Like the depowered Magneto, I loved it. And uh, I, I need to go back and reread his Sinestro run from DC. Yeah, uh, but uh, that Mag- his Magneto run was really cool. Matter of fact, uh, when I first got into writing, uh, his website is what saved me. So I and he changed it, so I'm happy I printed this out. But like I printed out like his whole guide. Uh, from his website, like how he writes his comics from start to finish. So, uh, oh. Bunn has been has been like my teacher halfway. That's uh, pretty rad. Yeah, Danny, what about you? Uh, well, as far as as writers, because you know I'm a pro- prolific writer myself. <laughs> no, uh, I I I man. So right now I'm really into Jonathan Hickman. A lot of his stuff, like he he is just uh amazing the way he's written just these huge epics that break down into little chunks here and there and yeah. you know you can follow like you, you can follow the entire run or you can fire follow just a chunk of it and then you know you still get a very complete story uh i love i i'm a fan i'm a fan of bendis mostly because he is able to decompress a lot of story at, I'm not a fan of him constantly doing that because after a while it does get tiring. Yeah. But you know, if he can take a, a two issue run and expand it into six issues, you know, there's a lot more tension. There's a lot more drama in there. Like I loved his Moon Knight uh, series. Um, Kurt Busey growing up, oh, yeah. that guy oh, yeah. was super wordy. Yeah, but I loved I loved Avengers Forever. That series, man, that was amazing. That blew my mind. Uh, Claremont. Uh, uh, my wife's a big Young and the Restless fan. She watches it constantly. And when we first started dating, uh, I would call out. She would be watching it recorded, and I would call out what was about to happen. She's like, <laughs> "How did you know that?" I was like, "Because I read Chris Claremont as a child." <laughs> That's the best answer. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I've read the um, I've read the best soap opera ever. It's called Under yeah. the X Men. Yeah, exactly. Um. But as far as artists go, uh, Jim Lee in, in, uh, influenced me heavily as a kid. Adam Hughes, to this day, he and Ryan Sook uh, really take the bar to the next level as far as like realistic comics go. Mm-hmm. Um, Olivier Coppel is oh. by like ultra. That's by far, far and away my favorite artist. Like I will sell my house to get a commission from. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Travis Charest. Uh, oh, yes. Man. Yeah. Everything he does, everything he touches is just gold. Um, Clay Mann. Clay Mann is, is, is a beast. He's slow, but man, he kills it when he, He's when he good. delivers. Yeah. Um, growing up, uh, you know, like Neil Adams and Mike Zeck, uh, Bob Layton on Iron Man. Um, you know, I, I grew up with my mom and my uncle having read comics from the beginning. And so wow. I also had like, yeah, a lot of 
Steve Ditko and uh, 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 Jack Kirby influences in there. Um, just just all kinds from from the beginning all the way up until today. Like I still try to find who's the who's going to be the next uh, really good comic artist. Uh, Mahmoud Asrar is oh my God. so phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, so so good, so simple, but so detailed in his work. Uh, Corey Walker and uh, uh, Ryan Otley, both of them on on Invincible, you know, and just their work. Like Corey Walker really brought me into that book, and then when Ryan Otley took over, like you couldn't even tell uh, the transition unless you read the the creators in the in the yeah. opening of the book. You know, it went for it went seamlessly, and then you started to notice, oh yeah, Ryan Otley, he's got a different style. They really let him. Uh, blossom on this on this thing on his own yeah he made it oh. he really took that series and made it his own yeah uh but i also love like the painterly guys bill sinkevitz alex malaya oh. alex oh man alex malaya is, is just like i don't see how he just paints or exists you know painting just the way he does it it's it's amazing he'll take stuff and just flip it on around and just like, oh man it's still perfect i've i've, yeah. I've seen him paint at a, at a convention and holy shit it's like you know i don't like it, it doesn't happen and then the image finally comes together and you're like yeah. how, how, like you're like magic and it, yeah it, yeah it, it's it's incredible uh john paul leon oh i love john paul leon's work i loved it on uh was it uh earth x when he yeah. did earth x oh, it's amazing and even the stuff he does today like i really 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 want him to do uh detective comics or a batman run or something just really just because he has that that feel that just that crime noir look to all of his work well they got the black label now so he can do something there that doesn't yeah, interfere hopefully. with the series so hopefully cool. great um Clay, what what else we got before we? I, I really want to make sure that we 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 focused on the Kickstarter, but you know, also just kind of nerd out about the stuff that we've been doing and watching and stuff. So, is is there anything out there that y'all been interested in, like TV shows or movies or whatever? Yeah, what have y'all been doing when you've been locked up? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I watched uh, Lovecraft Country. That was amazing. Yeah, that was, oh yeah, love that. yeah, love that. That was so good. There's a lot, you know, I've got like all the streaming services. So I'm just, uh, over inundated with, with options. Like, yeah. oh, I can't focus Man- on Mandalorian. Yeah. Mandalorian. Yeah. I'm on episode... I was about to say. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not caught up yet. I'm on episode two. I just finished episode two. Then we won't say anything because the internet has spoiled the season of Mandalorian for me. So how, just... how, how? Um, the ending of every episode has kind of had a big thing going on. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, the internet, it's very good at doing that. And, and then, like, Kevin it. Smith tweeted a whole big thing, and then he took it down later saying, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to ruin it. And it's just oh, like... I remember okay. there was a big reveal at the end of the first episode, and I'm, I'm not kidding, like, because I watched it Friday morning, and then I think 20 minutes after that, uh, Screen Rant had a uh, full photo of the... Uh, yeah that person yeah <laughs> like Garrett and all that stuff immediately like it, it's like simultaneous that's happening but no, yeah, i just um, saw someone just someone tweeting the picture of that person out and i was just like oh oh and they're wearing the thing so then you go oh <laughs> it was just uh 
I hate spoilers on social media. For sure. I, yeah. I finally unmuted the words uh, New Mutants and the account <laughs> because I I was a, like my Blu-ray came in this weekend. So I was able to finally watch that movie after three years. Oh, my God. I am holding out for a Bilsenkevich steelbook of New Mutants. I'll buy that, but that's the only way yeah, I'm going to see that the, movie. The steelbook is not, is not made by him, but that would have been rad. It looks good, but when you have Bilsenkevich, you get Bilsenkevich art. Yeah. I don't know why you would put that to the side. Because you don't want uh, to pay Bilsenkevich money to Bilsenkevich. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Legion had a lot of Bilsenkevich art. Yeah. They got that FX money. What book do you guys bond over? Are there books that you guys are like essential? Like if I, I know if somebody's read this book, they're good. They're good comic people. What y'all got any required reading? I think we, uh, myself and Mondo, have uh, given Joey more ideas than than we've bonded over because, and it's nothing against Joey. He's just younger and he's gotten into comics a little later than the rest of us have. Been there. Uh, his his big. <laughs> His, uh, and the reason why Mondo and I were like, dude, no, you got to read something else. Uh, his favorite comic is uh, Ultimate Spider-Man by Brian Michael Bendis. Like, I get it. Listen, yeah, I get it too. I get it. I get it. Like, I'll say it right here. I like Miles Morales as a better Spider-Man than Peter Parker. No, oh, no, no, no. Wow. Nothing, nothing against Parker. Miles Morales. I'm talking about the Ultimate Spider-Man period. Just. Is that which which one was your first Spider Man, Joey? Peter Parker, Ultimate Spider Man, or yeah, Miles Morales? No, it was, it was uh, uh, Free Comic Book Day. I think it was 2000, 2001. And uh, f- uh, they had a Free Comic Book Day edition of Ultimate Spider Man, number one. Yeah. And uh, yeah. One that I, um, I got that along with uh, the New Mutants, uh, whenever they were doing that little X Men Academy thing where all of the uh, the like the main X Men had like a squad and all that. So oh, yeah, I've been yeah. reading comics for a while. I just I was never really following them. Uh, I didn't know the creators. I didn't know what constituted as a good story. I didn't know what constituted as good art. I just knew what I liked. And uh, with Danny and Armando, they're opening up so much to me because there's no, I mean, there's probably classes for it now, but for someone that just wants to make comics, there is such a large gap of knowledge from saying, I want to do this to actually getting it done. And Danny and Armando and Hector uh, uh, Negrete, our letterer, um, they uh, they have such uh, an amazing combined knowledge, uh, not only comics but just literature um, in general, and what makes a good story, what makes a good character, mm-hmm. um, and they're really they're putting me onto a lot of stuff. I didn't read Invincible before uh, Danny and Armando. Uh, they put me on it. Um, there's just a lot of stuff I'm going to be learning, um, and it's going to be because of Danny and Armando. But it's all yeah, going to be and, yeah and. I, I think we give him specific runs as opposed to like just titles to, ru- yeah. to read because, you know, depending on, depending on creator from creator to creator to creator, you can have a really good run and then you can really just fall into a slump for a little while. So, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure we've told him some of the classics like uh, Daredevil Born Again, oh, yeah. uh, Batman Year One, um, even even some of the seminal ones like like the first Secret Wars, because that was just uh, the very first uh, crossover styled event that contained multiple characters from multiple books. Uh, the way the writers juggled that whole series because they told it, and again, it's like the way Joey is writing these characters. You know, they told it from the good guy side and the bad guy side, 
and even there were uh, squabbles within the two factions. So you had like the X-Men breaking off and going and doing their own thing. And you had Doom and Galactus and all these other uh, characters, you know, even Magneto breaking off from the villain saying, I'm not truly a villain. What I want is equality for mutant kind. I, I don't want to rule the world. <laughs> don't you let assholes. me in with you guys. <laughs> yeah, don't let me in with you, these assholes. You know? The funny, the funniest thing about it is, it was done to sell toys. Yeah, and we still talk about it today because exactly. it was such a big thing. That uh, crisis uh, on Infinite Earths, that one's a really good one. Like I've, uh, I don't, I, I told Joe, you know, All Star Superman. If you oh. want to know everything about Superman, All Star Superman. If you want it all in one shot, go read All Star Superman. That, that's a heavy dose, though. That's yeah, a, that, you got to break down <laughs> each panel. But but it's worth it because you can get the collected 90-year history of Superman in one collected book. Uh, Darwin Cook's... Uh, oh, wow. Anything Darwin Cook drew. Anything Darwin Cook. Uh, we've told him. Uh, the Kingdom Come by Alex Ross and Mark Wade. You know, even Batman Hush. You know, that's a, a master class in deception. Batman Hush is a masterclass in deception and how to take your money. One if you told me about was uh, Tom King's Miracle Man. Oh, yes, Tom King's Miracle Man, and even his current Strange Adventures, which is really, really good. It's yeah, so we're, great. We're big on Tom King in this this podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah. So every time he launches a series, that's like, oh, well, there goes an episode that we're just going to do the whole thing once it's all yeah. out. Well, I love and the he, way he sums he, up his books is he kind of goes, well, it's, you know, it's Mr. Miracle, but sad. Yeah. And now, <laughs> and now that he's writing Rorschach, I'm like, what is Rorschach when he's sad? <laughs> <laughs> we should be scared for that answer. Yeah. Wow. We'll find out more upcoming in the next week. I think the second issue's out soon. Uh, who was the is first okay. creator you followed? Which one, me or Joey? Uh, either, either one, artist or writer too. I'm always curious to see if people start to, especially when you draw. Like, is there an artist you start to see? I know Mike. You mentioned Mike Zek earlier, and he did a lot of Marvel promo material back in the day, so you could find his art a lot of places, and I I would start to recognize him. So the first artist that I remember, like, cognitively following, like recognizing their work and then looking for their work uh it, it's a toss-up between arthur adams and john byrne okay and you know arthur adams man is so stylistically different from anything that had yeah. been out there already and john byrne laid the groundwork for so many others john byrne started you know he uh laid it for like you see a lot of john byrne and jim lee stuff yeah, which Jim Lee then branches off into Brett Booth and and Travis Charest and you know all these other artists that follow him, but without John Byrne, there is no Jim Lee. Yeah, you know? Arthur it, it, Arthur Adams may be best hair in the biz. Not, any, not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> you missed yeah. that. Uh, you missed that long shot mullet. That hair, or yeah. are you talking big hair of yeah. like what was it? Uh, I think it was Excalibur that. All the everyone had yeah they all had, had the, the big yeah, hair the big hair. the waves yeah. I guess for the for the for the for the nineties for sure but yeah you're right it's it's definitely evolved yeah, yeah. 
He definitely had all his characters look like uh, they belonged in a uh, Motley Crue video. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think the John Byrne. Uh, okay, I think the big the John Byrne doing a cover that becomes so iconic that that's where you know I started following John Byrne with X Men early on, and then Chris Claremont. So those were the like the two, and so I kind of yeah. see that. But I think Byrne just stood out so much more because he had so many iconic covers. Yeah. Uh, 142 people want to recreate over and over and over again. And then Jim Lee started to do it uh, with like uh, his, his X-Men covers and, Oh, he did a Captain America, Black Widow, uh, Wolverine cover, cover. you know, Um, what about, what about you, Joey? Uh, Who, who were the first guys you started to follow? I think um, it's not comics, man. It was well, kind of comics. It was manga. Uh, I remember the first creator. I remember like the first name I associated with a title that I wanted to read more of and look up. It was uh, I'm gonna mispronounce name. Um, Hiromu Arakawa, I think so. Okay. Uh, alchemist. Uh, she's the, she's the author, of that, uh, author and illustrator of that. Um, I, I, I thought I thought you might go Akira Toriyama just because like. Toriyama, Dragon Ball. Oh yeah, like, I, was, I was real big into Dragon Ball too. But, my, but that's uh, also like it. But but that I was like, for that it was like series first and then manga. But yeah, so yeah. I, I think um, because uh, I used to get the uh, the Shonen Jump uh, magazines that would come in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, Full Metal Alchemist was the like with the it was like the, they had like a full three color uh, two color uh, spread page, um, and it was just really cool. And I just gravitated. In. I think I was like seven or eight when i got that and i was just i was hooked ever since in uh uh in, in this the storytelling of it um and then comic wise like i said i i got a little late into following comics uh like for, for uh like the names of creators and things like that but the first one that i started following was probably colin Brown. um the uh just throughout of looking at his website like you know how to write comics and he had a full blog available. It's down now, but he had a full blog, and then from there, I started, uh, you know, looking up his books and because uh, he had a really cool thing on his website. He he had, had scripts of the comics that he had published. So what I would go do is I went out and I bought like copy of the Dan, copy of the Hellhound, um, and uh, copy of Harrow County and all that, and I would read his book alongside the script. Yeah, uh, and I was working a little bit long ways, but. He was one of the first ones I, I followed. Um, and then from there, I became a fan of his work, like knowing his name was being associated to it. Yeah, no, that, that, I mean, that, make, that makes a lot of sense. And and like I said, Colin Bunn is so prolific that you just seeing anything, he can, he's kind of a chameleon that it just, he can kind of jump into any book and just blend right in. And you won't, you won't notice it. It may not be like the most like epic run of, of like, you know, like, oh, you got to go read this run on whatever but it's always very solid he understands the characters and i think that's an ability that not everyone has yeah like I, he he demonstrated that really clear with uh the magneto run mm-hmm. like he powered him took his most of his powers away and still made him a very scary villain yeah. or anti-hero or hero whichever you prefer he made say, <laughs> gabriel walter's art really helped with that yeah. too <laughs> because i I have this panel seared in my head where outside of a coffee shop, he put, he puts like a pole through a guy. Like, 
Like it's like the first issue or something. Like he's 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 weaker, but he's not fully depowered. So like he can still mess you up with like you know small stuff, nails, tumpacks, screws. Like Wait, he'll still me, mess that you up. Would be more terrifying. Like have like a uh, like almost like a shrapnel bomb come out of nowhere yeah. as opposed to a car getting thrown on you. Mm-hmm. One, I'll be out in like an instant, maybe. But yeah. I'm, you know, it's just like getting hit with a claymore, man. Yeah, I'm a scary person. I'd love to write Magneto. Like if I ever get a chance to write for Marvel. I'd, I'd love to write Magneto. That'd be a cool story. Danny, do you have any characters you like to like, like one of the big two? Like, this is the one I kind of want to draw. Like, if somebody give you a chance and do whatever you want with it. Uh, yeah. Good. Uh, Batman is like number one up there. Uh, I'd love to do a Green Lantern book, uh, especially uh, the Joe Mullins Green Lantern. The Joe Mullins are Kyle Rayner. I, I really want to bring Kyle Rayner back into a more prominent role in the DC universe. I'd love to see him. Uh, Avengers, but I'd like to pick the lineup of the Avengers. Don't put me on some kind of unity squad with the human torch. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. I do not like the human torch from the no. Fantastic Four or the original Android. I don't, oh. I just, I, I can't get behind something that I don't like. And if he's gonna be on it, like, please, Come back around we, when he's when he's off the team. We're definitely big Kyle Renner fans in this podcast as well. Yep. But uh, sure. but who? What's what's your Avengers lineup then? Yeah. Do you uh, have one? It's got to It's got to have. It's got to have the original big three. Uh, and then maybe a couple of wild cars. Like I really liked uh, the Jack of Hearts. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's a weird one. Yeah, I, I really like Wonder Man, but not this pacifist guy. Like, give <laughs> give 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 me a middle ground Wonder Man. Where yeah, I don't want to fight, but I will mess you up. You know. Um, I mean, I miss the eighties Wonder Man where he was the, where he was trying to be the movie star. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> I, I miss that guy too. Um, the Johnny Cage you know, Wonder Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just you know, give me give me a couple of extra like maybe maybe throw in some unknowns like Namorita instead of Namor or oh wow you know uh, and one of the kids from the Strange Academy maybe the next uh, Sorceress Supreme I'm digging know, that book. I, the kid I, yeah yeah I think we've seen enough of Scarlet Witch for a while and she you know she's got her own show coming out she's going to be featured prominently in the universe somewhere or another so let's give some of these kids a chance yeah. so that would that would probably be my Avengers lineup. I'd need the, the three Iron Man, Cap, and Thor to kind of guide the rest of these new people. And Namorita, Namorita would be my powerhouse. Nice. Joe, you got an wait, Avengers wait. lineup? You're calling her the powerhouse when you got Thor on the team? Well, I mean, the Hulk and Thor are on the team at the same time, and Hulk is considered the powerhouse. <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> I'm just saying, I don't think Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel is on the team with Thor, and Captain yeah. Marvel is considered the powerhouse. <sighs> You can have multiple powerhouses. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Joey, you got an Avengers lineup? Yeah. I'd um I like throwing the out of one the 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 ones that don't get the spotlight on there as much. So my um I'd probably have nah, she's already been on there. I, I hate saying this, I kinda like Squirrel Girl. Uh, <laughs> she's the I, best. I hate saying it. Because, hey, she, like, she beat Thanos. She beat Thanos, right? <laughs> <laughs> she beat Doctor Doom. Galactus. Uh, 
Philly. And she's smart. yeah. So uh, I, I'd have Squirrel Girl. I'd have uh, the big three minus Thor. He's got a lot going on right now. Yeah. I'd have Cap. I'd have Iron Man. Um, I'd have uh, the uh, Amadeus Cho Hulk. Okay. I'd put him in there. And then um, just to piss Danny off, I'd put in the Human Torch. <laughs> Both of them. Both of them. I mean, that's great. That's great. I'm not drawing it, so. <laughs> it seems you know, like he would be the Joey, easiest to draw. I, I just can't get behind that character overall. Like, I, I like him when he's uh, interacting with Spider-Man. When, you know, they're they're doing the whole buddy buddy thing. Yeah. Like especially when he came back from the dead and they were roommates. Yeah. And he, he was just like down and just just a bummer. Like, oh man, yeah, I ordered some Chinese. Like, are you ever gonna get back to superheroing? Like, you know, I'm out here fighting the Green Goblin daily, and you're just on my couch. <laughs> like that was a good that was a good Johnny Storm and the heroic Johnny Storm that that did the the last stand that led to his oh, death. But the cool. time he just comes off as a jerk yeah <laughs> i don't like him i don't know why it is i don't know why it is okay right. now pick a villain for the other person's book who would you who would you pick as a villain to go up against squirrel girl and uh human torch <laughs> well, I mean, yeah she already beat everyone it's hard that's hard that's why you get yeah no, I mean, I want somebody like super super serious probably like i don't know, like ronan the accuser or something like that <laughs> Ronan the Accuser defeating <laughs> Squirrel Girl. Oh, I thought we were picking oh, him no, for, yeah, for, that's right. for, for yours. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, so, he's picking for my book. I'm picking for his, right? Yeah. Um, would you mind? So, how, do you, so, how, how would you feel about drawing Ronan, Danny? I, I, you know what? I actually like that corner of the universe, the Kree and the Scrolls. I would love to draw like a Captain of Marvel. Mm. Uh, like a dual Captain Marvel, so Carol Danvers and Marvel together. Yes, uh, and then throw in Photon, like just a Marvel core uh, with yeah. Photon or you know whatever she's going by today. And oh, just, it's also my and favorite, Gina, uh, Genus, uh, Bell, Philavel, yeah. Yes. <laughs> throw them all together and have them have them dole out justice across the Kree and Scroll empires. Yo, pitch in right now. <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll send this to Marvel. We'll send the episode to Marvel so they know. <laughs> they know. Yeah. And and the villain that Joey Squirrel Girl would have to fight is a uh, Molecule Man. Ooh, Interesting. That's a good one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's man. Because the way Hickman used him in Secret Wars was like, holy shit. So good <laughs> exactly. luck, good, good luck, Squirrel Girl. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, before we wrap up, is there anything? Else, is there any other projects you guys have going on that you want to shout out? Anything else that that our listeners can go look at? Some more of your work, uh, and I'll try to put a lot of the stuff in the notes. Have them follow you on on, on social media and stuff. Uh, but is there anything else you guys have going on? I'm just finishing the book, the first book. I've got some pages to ink left, and send them off to the colorist so that they can get finalized and prep for lettering and print um then i'm off to work on the next series which should be the lady of Alion. but i like i said earlier i have acceptable losses available through comiXology i believe uh yeah 
you can go read that or purchase a copy. Uh, I have copies. You can message me, uh, Imaginary Heroics, on Instagram. And uh, Danny Flores on Facebook, Danny.r.flores on Facebook. And I have a couple of copies left over. I even have ske- uh, blank covers that I can do a sketch on or something. Oh, cool. Yeah. Joey, what do you got? Uh, just a lot of writing, man. We uh, we have a lot more legwork to do. Uh, we have these, uh, uh, these different titles that we're going to have to get done, a lot of editing to go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny didn't mention to you, he's, he's does a lot of the pen work, but he's also our, our editor. Um, I mean, we all kind of go in on our editing, but to be honest, the last eyes that get the approval is Danny's eyes. So I, uh, I got a lot to get to him, man. I usually bombard him at times with like a hundred or so pages. Uh, yeah. all hey man, like when, when are you going to read it? You know, you know, give me some notes back. So, <laughs> um, we got that going on. Um, and then our campaign is going to be, out in about uh, on the 22nd. So I, I got a yeah. lot of work to do, making phone calls. I've been calling a lot of stores, trying to get into retailers. We have a retailer bundle available. Cool. Uh, so just trying to get his, uh, get those out, um, get as many stores as we can, uh, get as many books out to the readers as we can. And um, yeah, after that, it's just uh, getting the rest of these stories out, getting them built, getting them made. Um, aside from that, I just picked up a uh, – uh, a freelance job uh, writing articles for comic book resources. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. You're going to see my stuff out there pretty soon. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, I also write it and I'm writing a book too. So I'm trying to, I'm just trying to write, man. That's, that's what's next for me. Just writing. I want, I want to become a full-time writer and I know that's a, a really daunting thing to face, but I got time. I got the energy to it. Yeah. Some really great mentors in Danny and Armando. Uh, so yeah, man, we're just going to be busy creating. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm excited for y'all's book. Yeah, I'm excited. We, Thanks. When we saw the news report from the Waco station, I was like, oh, that's super cool. Um, you know, it seemed like, when, when was that shot? Because, it, I mean, there was, I can tell now, like, pre or post mask, like, kind of that defines the timeline, but also the news. Uh, it's a little bit weird with Arctic, with, with their stuff. But when, when did you guys shoot that? Oh, that was recent. That was a couple weeks ago. They, they, uh, uh, that was really- so yeah, went out Friday. they showed it, they shot it at, uh, so Armando's wife owns a, an antique shop yep. and they've been following, they've been following the mandates very strictly. And so when they shot, the shop was closed down. Nobody was allowed to enter. So both Mondo and Joey, uh, got to go maskless. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. It, it, it's kind of the sign of the times now that, you know, you look at a news report, like, well, when did this really happen? Yeah, it was very cool. It was very cool to see you, you guys talk about the all the you know a little bit of what we talked about today, but also just see you guys like you know it, it's it's cool that comic books makes actual news like you know in the right in yeah. The, uh, well, because right now comic books are going to be making media. I mean, everywhere. I mean, every couple of weeks you see uh, you know Boom Studios Netflix deal, uh, you know the yeah. Scout Comics Netflix deal, this and that. Um, so. Comics are going to be a lot. They're going to have a lot of eyes on them in the next few years. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's something that can get done, you know, relatively safe, like in in the times until we get out of this mess. There, uh, there. You can you can create the biggest epic, epically scaled story you can think of with a li- with you know with no budget at all, almost. Yeah. You know the same amount of work that goes into creating a Star Wars movie 
which costs a couple of million dollars to produce, you can do with a couple hundred with a good artist, a writer, and a colorist. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also want to give a shout out to I'm on I'm on you guys' Kickstarter page, so uh, obviously Armando, who's uh, he's the kind of helped me put all this together with you guys. Uh, shout out to Armando. Uh, he's he's great. Uh, his I have a few commissions from him, and they're pretty dope. Like every time I look at his art, I'm like, dude, you you're killing me with these because I want another one. Everybody wants more. Yeah. Uh, and then Hector Negrete, who's your letterer, and he's based off from Mexico, right? That's right. Yeah. Uh, and then Paris Alien, who's a colorist on the book. Paris Paris Alien, our colorist from Canada, and he's an, a recent Eisner Award winning colorist. Man. Oh, after yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, and he's done work with Marvel and DC and some other studios. So, you know, he knows the ins and outs of getting stuff done. Uh, we really lucked out when we were, because, you know, we didn't know him personally. I reached out to him on a whim and, and showed him some sample pages like, hey, you know, we're really wanting this book to be top notch and we've seen your color work and really you're the only person on our list. Would you be willing, you know, we're going to, we're going to cover your, your page rate, but would you have time and be willing to help us out and get these thing, this thing colored? And luckily it took him about a day or two. I think he was still going over some things and clearing the schedule, but he came back and said, yeah, I'm totally, you know, totally on board with you guys. So. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, Clay, do you guys have any last questions for our guests before uh, we close it up? No, no, I'm good. That's well, fine. Uh, I very much appreciate you guys taking the time. I hope that we can have you back once the book is out uh, and we can, we've all read it and we can yeah. actually talk about it and go into it. Uh, I look forward to the day where I'm sitting at some kind of bar or cater or whatever, not only because I'll be out and about and not in my house, uh, but I also want to hear people asking like, no, no, man, you got the bronze man. This is his real first appearance. Like, no, no, let me, <laughs> let me tell you about the first real first, you know, so like. It was an awesome comics number one, not bronze man number one, damn it. That's right. <laughs> so I look, I look forward to uh, people just discussing these new characters because they look super rad. Yeah, um, uh, well, thank you very much. Uh, and keep reading comics. Thanks, guys. For sure, thanks. man. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. thanks for having us. Thanks for joining us. You can find Next Issue on Twitter at Next Issue Pod, on Twitch at Next Issue, and on Facebook at Next Issue Podcast. You can find Clay on Twitter at Clay underscore Harrison, Kyle at Kylepedia, Adrian at Adrian underscore Harry, Daniel at Echo Spider, and Josh at Cosmosis. Hail Bebo.